Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. BenSound.com. Welcome, everyone, to today's Earth Energy Forecast Show on this Tuesday, November 12, 2019. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening, or if you're listening later to the podcast, I am your host, Joan Serio. Before we get to today's topic, I want to talk about the fire apocalypse in Sydney, Australia. If you haven't heard about it, There are 57 fires burning across the state with 55 in Queensland. Residents uh, have been told to evacuate as 100,000 homes could be destroyed. There have been three deaths and thousands displaced. 400 schools are closed. Please keep our neighbors down under in your thoughts and prayers and all the best to you down there. Today we're going to talk about our galactic neighbors. Who are they? Are they friendly? When will we have full disclosure? In 2017, a study showed that nearly half of all Americans believe in aliens, and less than 20% believe in alien abduction, and a little less than that believe that they have seen a UFO. Chief investigator for the Mutual UFO Network in New York State, Krista Bernal, will share with us today the latest information on UFO disclosure. Chris is a retired major crimes detective, a master interviewer, and interrogator with 25 years of law enforcement experience. He was awarded the Medal of Valor for going hand-to-hand with an armed gunman who was trying to disarm him. Chris is also a former U.S. Marine, serving in the elite Marine Security Guard Battalion as a U.S. Ambassador's Bodyguard, and during that time, he was awarded a Navy Commendation Medal for his actions in COSA, Cyprus. He was assigned to Secretary of State Henry Kissinger's security detail while the secretary was in Sweden. He was also a member of the U.S. Army National Guard as an intelligence technician. Chris brings his skills to the UFO phenomena as the chief investigator for the MUFON in New York State, working with a team to find the truth about UFOs. He has been on several radio shows and is the host of the Project Airy show on KGRARadio.com. Welcome to the show, Chris. I'm so excited to have you on. Joan, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure being here. Well, Chris, I'm so excited because you have such a varied background. 
I mean, really. Uh, it, this, this it didn't come easy. Let me tell you that. that. <laughs> a lot of heartache no. in between all that stuff. No, it never does. Uh, for you to nope. be able to do all of that, I'm sure you did have some challenges. I don't know. So, wrong place at the wrong time, you might say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't want that, especially if you're in the military. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Bad news sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious, how did you get started in studying UFOs from this type of a background? Well, you know, when I was a young child, I had a sighting. Um, my father was a volunteer fireman, and he would allow me to go to the fire calls with him. Uh, and he had one rule. He said, you have to stay by the car. He said, you can get out, sit on the hood, sit on the roof. I don't care, but you stay by the car. So one night I went, uh, you know, it was on the weekend. I went with him on a fire call. And we went to this area and he was fighting a fire and I was sitting on the hood watching the firemen. I thought it was, you know, an amazing thing to watch these brave guys do what they do. But all of a sudden I had this feeling about looking up in the sky and don't ask me why, because to this day, I, I don't, I couldn't give you an answer, but I did. And I watched this incredible object streak at such a high speed. Now you got to remember, this is back in the sixties and this thing was flying and it stopped on a dime it just stopped right there it's like it's saying oh yeah i'm here and then shot straight up at another incredible speed it didn't turn or bank or anything Mm -hmm. straight up and then stopped on a dime again it just you know not even slowed down and then stopped again and you know i'm looking at it and then took off at an incredible speed and that that really perked my interest in, in UFOs and, and different things out there. And the other thing that um, very few people know about this, um, but I had a great friend. I lost uh, two friends in police work. Um, one of them was a gentleman by the name of Billy Chapin. And Billy Chapin tried to rescue a couple of people that um, were in Buttermilk uh, Gorge down in Ithaca, New York. Uh, he was working for the park police at the time. And he mm-hmm. had got a call that a couple of people were stuck on the edge of the gorge. And as he got there, one of them already fell in. So, okay. he, yes. And Billy just instead of saying, okay, I'm going to wait and stuff, he said, I got to do something. I got to do something now. And Billy fell into the gorge as he was trying to rescue the second person. And the water, it was um, very rushing water. The water swept him away. Mm-hmm. So they were calling all hands. And, you know, they called my police department. And, uh, you know, of course, I knew Billy very well. And we were rushing there. And we're trying to find him. And we couldn't find him. Couldn't find him. And so after... It went from trying to do a rescue to a recovery because we knew he couldn't Mm -hmm. survive. And a couple of days went into it. And somebody said, well, let's call a psychic. I go, yeah, okay, come on, please. You know, we just lost a friend and you want to do this voodoo stuff and and get somebody, come on. But they called him and he's a very reputable psychic. His name is Phil Jordan. And he was actually a reserve sheriff. You've heard Uh the name, Joe? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so he came there and he he walked the area and he talked to us and he says, guys, he's he's here and he's you're going to find him under some flowers. Well, that didn't make sense because he fell in the water. 
So we're like, wow, what is he talking about, flowers? So we had a small memorial for Billy. And, of course, the gorgeous, you know, two miles down and two miles back and the whole bit. And, of course, Billy liked his schnapps, so we um, poured a bottle of schnapps, and we threw a reef, a flower reef, over the bridge, and it floated mm-hmm. down the, mm-hmm. the gorge. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not going to believe this, but... Yeah, the reef the stopped flowers where went exactly. <laughs> yeah, the flowers went exactly <laughs> where Billy was. Billy was caught underneath an underwater ledge, and there were the flowers, and there was uh-huh. Billy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. so that those two events really piqued my interest into what what is this all about? So afterwards, when I got up, retired from police work, I um, I said, you know, I want to start studying this. And I actually started studying it before that. But then um, I actually became a member of MUFON and became a field investigator. And then as I started doing these cases, I went, this stuff is real. This stuff is really happening. There, there's no way that the stuff that people were seeing and the pictures and the, the video and everything that I've seen, you know, this stuff, when we checked the video, we checked the fo- photographs and they're not doctored, you know, mm-hmm. they're not generated. This stuff is the real deal. So it totally convinced me. And I said, okay, I'm in this all the way. So you must have a lot of stories. I know that uh, you've done some work in the Hudson Valley. Is that mainly where you've done the investigations in your I'm state? Concentrating, I'm concentrating on the Hudson Valley for a couple of reasons, Joan. There's a lot of rich history of the UFO sightings in the Hudson Valley. It's incredible, especially the triangles. The triangles that they're seeing there, all through uh, their history down there, it was amazing. And we're finding out that there's some anomalies that are taking place that may attract them. Um, But even now, we're getting a spike of sightings in the Dutchess County area, the Rockland, um, Mm -hmm. you know, all through that area, Columbia. We're getting calls almost every day saying, hey, I saw this, I saw that. And especially now that... The U.S. Navy and the U.S. Army has come out and said, well, you know what? This stuff is real. And so we're going to start investigating this stuff. And now people are going, wait a minute. Uh, for years, you've been telling us that this stuff is you're, yeah, you're all crazy yeah, and yeah. we're wearing tin hats. No. And now all of a sudden you're saying, well, yeah, it really is real. And maybe we better take a look at it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you talk about triangles, are you talking about the triangular ships? Yes, the crafts are tri- they're either mm-hmm. boomerang or triangle right. ship. Um, mm-hmm. Some people kind of like, with the. Go ahead, Joe. I was going to I was going to say kind of like the Phoenix lights. Yeah, the Phoenix lights. There's there's different types of triangles. They they lump in the boomerangs with, with sometimes triangles. They say, Ah, I saw a triangle, and then as you get into it, you see that it's a boomerang, and that's very popular okay. down in the Hudson Valley area. Boomerangs, mm-hmm. uh, and I call them boomerangs, are are very popular. But they also have the triangles. But these triangles, it j- is like the Phoenix. Like they're huge. I mean, I have one police officer who says, "Chris, this thing was massive, and it f- went silent, dead silent, right over mm-hmm. me." Mm-hmm. He says, I, "You can't mistake this for a 
anything other than a ship from outer space. And that's exactly how he put it. So I'm telling you how he explained it to me. So I've had an encounter, um, not with an alien per se, but <laughs> that well, I you gotta see report anyway. It. But but uh, I was driving this when I was in Sedona, and of course, because that's another hotbed. I was driving oh, to uh, Cottonwood with a friend of mine, and we're looking at Mingus Mountain, and there was something really, you know, reflective, highly reflective off the mountain, and I go. I said to my friend, I go, I don't think that that's a reflection from the sun. I really think that that's a craft. And I said, okay, well, if you're a UFO, then you're just going to leave and and disappear into the mountain. And sure enough, it did just that. And we're getting calls like that all over the country. Uh, MUFON has just gotten calls saying, I've seen this, I've seen that. But here's the great thing. People always say, well, there's no proof. Baloney, go to the you go to the MUFON website and see all the pictures, see all the video, yeah. check out the 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 stuff, especially with abductions. People say, "Wow, there's no such thing as abductions." Baloney, I'm going to tell you right now, MUFON has a library of stuff, and they they can show you the radiation burns. You have um, fingerprints. They've actually uh, were able to get with uh, ultraviolet light. Uh, off of people they've found marks on them that can't be explained implants terry lovelace who i interviewed mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. terry lovelace was an assistant attorney general he was a, a lawyer for the state of vermont uh, or state of maine i'm sorry and he had a chip in him he had an implant and he had the x-rays i mean you can't dispute that when the radiologist goes we have no idea how this thing got into you there's no scar we checked Brought another uh-huh. radiologist uh-huh. down and said uh-huh. there's nothing nothing we can find. And there it is. And they had the actual implant in his in his uh, leg. It was in his leg. They tried to check it with the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms uh, database. And it came back and says, we have nothing like this. Did they uh, take it out? No. Um, they they couldn't take it out because uh, Terry has a bad heart and the cardiologist wouldn't sign oh, off on on a uh-huh. on the surgery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's he has the X-rays and he shows it right there, and you can actually see the antennas. I, I, this is an amazing X-ray, and it stumped everybody. And there's other people like that. I mean, Terry is one. But some of the abductees we have, uh, I talked to one gentleman down the Hudson Valley, uh, his name is Gary, and not only had he been abducted in the past, but he believes now his children have been abducted, where they possibly have had implants, implants in their uh, navel cavities. Really? And why does he Tell think that? Is it, can they feel it, that there's something there? Yeah, well, one morning they wake up and they say there's blood all over the pillow, and when you have more than one child, and the same thing is happening, and you have it to yourself, and you see a history of this, there has to be something to it, but he's been under regression, and he recounts Mm -hmm. actually being Mm -hmm. abducted, and Uh he's kind of scared to have his children go under uh, regression, but he absolutely believes that his children have been abducted because 
the traits are similar. You could see abductees have certain traits, and they're very similar. For instance, an abductee will crave salt. If a person's been abducted, um, probably 90% of the abductees crave hmm. salt. We have no idea why. They, they, um, a lot of times they come back very dehydrated. Travis Walton was very dehydrated when he came back. Uh, they have a, a, a craving for protein. Uh, one of the abductees I, t- I talked to says, Chris, I hate hot dogs. And the only thing I could do was go to the fridge and grab a pack of hot dogs and eat the whole thing. And he says, I hate them. But he says, for some yeah. reason, I wanted nothing but protein. He says, I actually have a bowl of salt, and I've heard this before. Wow. Right in my room where I can dip my fingers into it and, and just lick the salt. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I'm wondering if they, um, you know, took so much uh, fluid out of him, you know, that the volume was so depleted. It, but the electrolyte balance, I mean, did, did they go and, and be followed up with medical people? Yes. And- oh, absolutely. They they went to, with doctors and stuff. Uh, some of the abductees have actually, um, I won't say the name, but uh, one of the abductees uh, actually had uh, an EEG done. And the EEG mm-hmm. ran uh, very different. And so the, he had one before subduction and then had another one. And you could see the change in, um, you know, the uh, electrical uh, impulses of his brain. So there is evidence of these certain things happening. We just have to acknowledge it, look at it, and try to say, okay, there's got to be an alternative answer to what's happening to people. Uh, what did this person that had the abnormal EEG, did they have any sort of um, psychic phenomenon going on? Were they, did they become telepathic afterwards? Cause sometimes I've heard that some, you know, they, they can become telepathic because some of the, the uh, alien star beings, galactic neighbors, whatever you want to call them, uh, they communicate telepathically. So I'm just wondering if they. Well, here's a couple of things and you hit it right on the head, Joan. And that's a very, very uh, good question. And, and you're right on the money. A lot of abductees come back and they either fine tune their psychic abilities. I mean, they might've had a little bit like a sixth sense mm-hmm. in the beginning. For some reason or other, yes. uh, I, I'll call them our little visitors. Uh, they like people with psychic abilities. Um, a lot of the abductees had, you know, a sixth sense, uh, an idea of something that was going to happen. And um, when they've come back, they've actually had uh, a more advanced. Now, not everybody is able to communicate with them telepathically. For instance, Travis Walton uh, wasn't able to communicate with them telepathically. He actually had a, a problem because when he found out he was on a, a ship and these guys were actually trying to bring him back to life, um, he jumped up from the table grabbing some kind of object and he was going to, you know, crush their skulls. And, and these guys were looking like Travis. And I talked to Travis personally. Travis said they looked like they were trying to communicate with me, but I wasn't getting any message. So they ran right out of the room and they had this other guy come in. And uh, escort me, you know, right off their uh, their craft. Interesting. Yeah, so not so, all of them are able to telepathically um, communicate with them, 
but they do love the idea of some of the people who have a sixth sense. And some people have come back and they can't wear a watch anymore. Doesn't tell mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. I've had mm-hmm. more than one person, you know, tell me, says Chris, I I can't wear a watch. I yeah. changed watches and uh for some reason or another the electrical part of the watch or however watch works I'm not a watchmaker but it just doesn't keep time right yeah I had a friend that said that she had a close encounter of the third kind um, and remembered being abducted and uh, and she's very intuitive so I find that interesting why do you think they're doing all these abductions with humans, I know there has been a lot with cows, and they talked about the greys and you know killing the cows. We can talk about that later. But why about human abductions? Do you have any well, information? Yeah, uh, one of them is way out there. I, 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 and I'm trying to do some research on this, but it's kind of scary. Um, there's always the thing. Well, we're, you know, they thought from talking to abductees that. You know, they were trying to recolonize or they're from the future and they've gotten different things uh, wrong, uh, you know, in our future. And they're trying to come back and get some DNA or they're trying Mm -hmm. to do all these different things. But I don't know if you ever heard of a gentleman by the name of Mark St. Germain. I had him on my radio show. He'll be actually broadcasting it um, this Uh Saturday. And his... He's done research on the secret space program, and he talks about abductions. And he says, Chris, he says, listen, I, I can't prove this. He says, but there's information that I have that says that the reason we're being abducted and the DNA and the hybridization is being done is because there's galactic wars in other planets, and they're using our species to fight these wars. They're they're making clones or hybridization or whatever, uh-huh, and then uh-huh. they're instead of putting themselves out there because guys, I mean, look at look at a gray. He's got every gray I yeah. see. He hasn't got a a muscle to the spare. <laughs> right? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? They can hardly they keep their heads yeah. up. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, if they wanted to so, go toe to toe with a human and not use their, you know, whatever, <laughs> they're not gonna last. Yeah. So, so for all our listeners, let's just give them a little picture of this since we're on radio and not a, 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 a visual media here. Uh, it looks like the typical um, alien picture that you would see with a kind of like the teardrop head, and they have very long, long, thin, thin arms, thin, thin body, just so they can get the big eyes. All right, go go ahead, Chris. No, I was just saying that, well, suppose there is a galactic war. Suppose there – I mean – Look at us on our planet. We we have people fighting all the time, all over the world. We don't stop wars. What makes anybody think that it's not different somewhere else in the universe? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and what what you know with their technology? Why is it that they can't duplicate us and say, okay, we got a bunch of clones here, and we're going to use them as our soldiers? I mean. I have no proof of this and I'm not, I'm not endorsing this, but one of my people who is very intelligent, um, he's the director of MUFON in Canada. He's done excellent work on this space program. He says, listen, there is, you know, 
some something to this, and he's going to follow it up, and hopefully I'll get more information on it. But if that is true, Joe, that's kind of frightening. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's also the theory that the Greys came here and they needed, you know, certain things on their planet. So they, you know, that they created this race of humans and blah, 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 (laughs) you know, so they could still be tampering with our DNA. That's for sure. So, you know, we don't know for sure. I don't think. There's always been been the theory, Joan, that they used us for slaves years ago to mine gold or mine whatever they wanted. Mine the gold. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so I, my my, this is my humble opinion. I don't think all of them are that friendly. I haven't seen one of them come down and say, "We're going to show you how to clean up the water. We're going to show you how to get the radioactive waste taken care of. We're going to show you how to make cleaner air." That hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. And what are they waiting for? You know, if they they truly want us, I mean. People say, well, they want us to do it on our own. Oh, okay, I guess. But if you got all this technology and you got all this knowledge, you can kind of share it if you want to. Well, yeah, but then there's also the problem of free will, you know, and if we don't ask, you know, if they follow any sort of galactic law. <laughs> well, if I ever get can't. adopted, I'm going to ask the light bulb. I'll tell you that I could use a take off about twenty pounds. So I mean that that's my goal if I ever get abduction. Say hey guys, can you take you're going to take <laughs> the DNA from me? Take a couple twenty pounds off of me and uh, you know maybe uh, do a little bit of work here, a little bit of work there. Come on. <laughs> you know? So. Why is the Hudson Valley such a hot spot? Because there there are hot spots in the country. I know this, like Phoenix, Sedona. Uh, but why the Hudson Valley in New York? Because I, I I've heard that for quite a while now. Well, let why me you ask you this: hot spot? Where do you think the Manhattan Project started? Oh. Well, let me go back Manhattan. one. <laughs> let's let's start with this. We all know that UFOs have always been very attracted to our nuclear capability, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They've gone up for military sites. They shut down our missiles. They've done all kinds of weird things on our nuclear bases. They show up all over the place. I mean, uh, if we got a nuke, one of them's around. So going with that theory there, where was the Manhattan Project started? Well, it started in the Hudson Valley. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so the the theory and the concept of the work before they moved to Los Alamos was started in the Hudson Valley. Where were all the Nazi scientists, the most brilliant scientists, not just the Nazis, but our scientists and stuff. They brought all the brilliant people there, Albert Einstein, Loomis, I mean, uh, Rico Fermi. They were all in the Hudson Valley. And then they brought from Operation Paperclip, they brought these Nazi scientists and say, well, you're going to be working for us now. But they started them in the Hudson Valley. Radar was started in the Hudson And that's very important because mm-hmm. the British actually started radar. And then they secretly brought their scientists over to the Hudson Valley to create radar here in the United States and perfect it. Well, there's always been a theory that the U.S. always been attracted to radar because that's one of the things in the past 
they used to bring them down and crash them. They always had that thing in the back of their mind that they thought that the Roswell incident was created because of radar, that some of these crashes were uh, done because of radar. And that's where radar started in the United States was Hudson Valley. Interesting. So what about the technology that we have uh, gleaned from all of these, you know, whether it's a crash out in um, New Mexico or whether it was something maybe in the Hudson Valley or from people being abducted. I mean, you know, there's, there's cases that, you know, we've, we found ships and all. Have we found anything in the Hudson Valley that's helped us uh, with our technology or did they help us with the Manhattan project in some way? Well, we don't know because they have kept stuff at the Hudson Valley area secret. Hudson Valley is amazing because it's, I always call it the Hudson, I always call it the Roswell or Area 51 in Plainview. Remember, hmm. there was a secret there was a secret military base there at one time. I don't think it's there now, but they oh, did really? have a military base. Oh yeah, years ago they had a military base there, and they were doing all kinds of things. Um, they had people, like I said, from all over the world coming to this area and started working on equations to incredible stuff. They were doing brainwave uh, studies back in the 1930s there. They were doing all kinds of things. Now, if you go by the theory that years ago, uh, Roosevelt or Truman, one of the presidents, I can't think of which one it was, made treaties with these guys. Um, Mark Mark believes that. Mark uh, St. Germain believes that years ago a treaty was made, and that's why we have these abductions. And, you know, they're not really keeping to the deal that they kind of made and uh, stuff. That perhaps, you know, they traded off some of the technology, some of the stuff that uh, we were able to work on uh, during that time. But these are these are these are definitely things that we don't know yet. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, are they doing uh, are they doing strange things? Yeah. Do we know about it? No. Mhm. 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 Yeah. There's a lot going on that they don't disclose. Whether it's Area oh, 51 or Barstow, uh, the base out near uh, Barstow, California, uh, was it Edwards Air Force Base? Yeah. Joan, um, you got to forget yeah. about Area 51 because. Area 51 is so knowledgeable now that whatever they got there, they moved it. They've got it in different places, but oh, it's yeah. great. Oh, yeah. They can keep the hype up about Area 51. Nobody will look at all these places <laughs> that are in plain sight. They'll go, ah, yeah, I want to go to Area 51 and storm Area 51. Come on. You're not going to see anything there because whatever they well, got they is in the mountain. Mm-hmm. What's that? They just did that, and they have a sit-in at Area 51 because they want disclosure. They want the government to come out and say, yes, there are aliens. The government's already come out and said it. I mean, people are waiting for the president to come out in the Rose Garden and say, you know what? We're not alone in this universe. It's not going to happen. But well, pretty much Obama me. said that before he left. Oh, well, yeah, he kind of said, well, if they were around, we'd have to keep it secret. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you have a U.S. military branch come out and say, we are now, we, we acknowledge that there's things flying around in our skies. We don't know if they're a threat. We don't know where they're from. I mean, obviously, we know we know that no other country has them because it, let's let's say China had this or Russia had this. Don't you think right now our military services would say we're going to pay you a billion dollars to bring this technology to us? Ten million billion dollars, not M, not million with an M, but B for a billion to get our hands on that project. The intelligence community is going crazy to get it, and they these things are flying around in our skies with nothing opposing it. So the Navy finally turned around and said, hey, we're we going to acknowledge this. We're going to study it. We're not going to tell you what we find, but we're going to study it. Then the U.S. Army says, oh, we're going to jump into the act, and what we're going to do is we're going to sign a contract with TTSA to the Stars Academy in Science, and we're going to study these metals that are not from this planet. What? So now you got the Army studying mm-hmm. metals that are mm-hmm. not from this mm-hmm. planet. you got the Navy going at it. The only ones that have been silent, and I've been asking this, is the United States Air Force. Yeah. And they they have more than probably any other branch. Well, they've been lying to us for 70 years. They, I mean, oh, how yeah. can they turn around and say, hey, well, you know, guys, uh, we kind of been fibbing to you for a while now. And, yeah, these things are running around in our skies. I mean, if the Navy pilots are experiencing this, I would imagine U.S. Air Force pilots are experiencing yeah, this. Yeah, well, what about the astronauts? Wasn't it uh, was it Edwin Aldrin? Aldrin? That All of them. One of them Buzz that Aldrin had mentioned things. Buzz, was Buzz, yeah. 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 You know, Edgar Mitchell has mentioned things. I mean, yeah. it just goes on yeah. and on yeah. and on. Yeah, they must you have know, seen them. I mean, you know, we're shooting well, off rockets all up kinds there. Of things. They they mentioned that what was when was it Collins? I believe it was Collins who says, "Yeah, I got this alien craft following me as they're going around the moon, as they're doing the mm-hmm. moon land, you know." Mm-hmm. And they're and uh, you know, there's there's strange sh- ship that's uh, next to mine or following me. Uh, what do you want me to do? And they're like. Hitting, going, get on the secret channel, get on something else. Those are, you know, you can paint this. I mean, it's just like when um, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin were on the moon. They mysteriously went to, you know, a, a secure channel. Uh, I think it was a medical channel. And it's been leaked out or people have talked and said uh, that um, – you know, they were talking about crafts that were not too far away from them watching. Said, yeah, they're, they're here and they're watching us. We can't be the only ones in the universe. And I that's, think that, oh, I that's know. really, yeah, right. And I think that that uh, argument's been, you know, said and done a long time ago. Now we want to talk about not just lights in the skies, but what are they doing? Why are they familiar? Why do yeah. they want to be familiar with our water? Why do they mm-hmm. want to go around magnetic anomalies on our planet? Why do they, you know, do these things? Why are the abductions going on? These are the questions now we have to start looking at. We have to acknowledge and say, okay, we, we got lights in the sky. That's no big deal anymore. 
what are the big deals now? Why are they are they terraforming our planet for some what other reason? You know, I mean, we don't know. We don't know what they're doing, but we should find out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does the government interface with MUFON at all? No. MUFON is a private organization. As far as I know, I mean, I'm not the president of it or anything, and Jan doesn't call me up and say, hey, Chris, you know, what do you think of this? I mean, he's a great guy, don't get me wrong, and I think he does a good job for MUFON, but we're a private organization. Now, do military people talk to MUFON? Yeah, sure, all the time. Mm-hmm. Do military people kind of tell us things? Yeah, sure, all the time. Uh, government people will, too. Mm-hmm. I think that, and I think that's important that we're separated from the government because if we are part of it or they dictate to us, then they kind of, and this leads me to, you know, what we were talking about before about disclosure, that kind of leads them to be able to control how they want it rather than us putting it out there and being transparent for what we find. And that's one of the things about MUFON. Yes. They're, oh, they're yeah. transparent. They'll put it out, hey, we found out that these guys are building holiday inns on the back of the moon. We're going to tell you, you know, <laughs> we say that these lights in the skies are uh, lightning or whatever. We're going to tell you whatever we find, we're going to share with the public. That's not always the mm-hmm. case when you have, uh, you know, governments or militaries involved. Right, right. Yeah, there's a lot to consider, and they don't want people to get alarmed. And like you said, there's always money involved for technology. And oh, sure. do we want to share this information with other countries? And yeah, there's a lot. I remember when I went to a MUFON meeting in Sedona quite a while ago, it was Dr. Strange's came there. And it was a stranger in the Pentagon. I think he wrote the book, but he was talking about this Captain Valiant. And I don't remember where he was from, not from this planet. Um, And he was there at the Pentagon, and he was helping people at the Pentagon. And apparently he was one of the the good ones, I guess, from what this person said. I don't know if you ever heard that story. I have. But here's the Uh thing that I heard, and I just heard this recently when I was down at the UFO Congress. Uh, down in Phoenix, Arizona, which, by the way, I got to put a little plug in for them. They did a fabulous job. Um, it was just amazing. But I'll tell you, that MUFON group that you're with there, the Arizona group, it's probably the best in the world. Um, Jim Mann, Stacy Wright, Marianne Robb, those guys do one incredible job. Dennis is their chief investigator. Uh, fabulous. If you ever wanted to structure a a group of hardworking, dedicated people trying to find out about this subject, you go to the Arizona MUFON group. They're the best. Um, but from a, a reliable source in that group, he was telling me, he says, Chris, I got this, and I'm not going to tell you who, but I got this. And he says, I was told that we are a protected species, that there's other species out there that don't want us around at all that they would Hmm. rather see us buried six feet underground but we are a protected species so the question is is why uh, are they are they actually well that that i don't know and i i have not got the answer but Hmm. i gotta tell you it's it's a little frightening to me maybe we should start finding out the answers to this 
Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of questions to be asked. Yeah, every time you try to get an answer, you get seven more questions. So it's a a tough uh, but challenging uh, topic to research. So from what you're saying, we're never going to have the day when, you know, on TV, the president is going to say, well, we just want to tell everyone that, yes, there are aliens, and yes, we have been working with them, and yes, there are alien abductions. I mean, we're not going to see that, are we? I don't know, but I will tell you this. I think there's something coming down the pike. Luis Alejandro said in 2018, he was at a conference, and I was listening to him, he says, by this time next year, we're going to be talking about a whole different thing. And everybody went in the audience went, what? Huh? And he says, by next year, and his words came true. All of a sudden, the Navy came out and said, yeah. The mm-hmm. Army came out and said, yeah. So he yeah, was right was, on the yeah. mic when he was talking about that. But I think what they want to do is I want to think that you want to – you know, it's just like a a, a major crimes investigation, Joe. When I was doing crimes, uh, major crimes, you don't let out everything to the public. And you don't tell them, oh, this is what the autopsy showed. Mm-hmm. This is what our, mm-hmm. you know, our evidence was. You let out controlled information to the public that you want, but you want to hold stuff back you know, for your investigation. You want to hold stuff mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you're doing things right. Well, this is no different. If they're telling us this, what do they really know? What are they, you know, is there something between the lines? Is there something that's going to come down, you know, the pike later and say, hey, this is what we got. And, oh, by the way, we got this too and this too. But they're going to come out what they call a drip disclosure. It's going to be a little uh section. You know, you're going to digest this first. We're going to see how you react. We're going to digest that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how it's going to come up. And we see a lot of that in uh, the movie theater with the movies that come out. You know, there's a lot of information that always gets, you know, symbolically imprinted in a lot of these movies, and it gets imprinted into the the collective there from a lot of the movies that come out. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what newer movies come out about that. I I think you know. I don't know. You know, maybe Hollywood plays a part in all this uh, as far as because if you you look at the the movie uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind and, you know, mm-hmm. different things of that nature, they, you know, years later, they say, well, this was really based on true facts of this. And this was based on this person's stuff. And, you know, we talked to Alan J. Hynek and. You know, he was actually did a, a little bit in the movie and all this different stuff. So, you know, what we think is science fiction now and we is entertaining. Years from now, we may look at this and go, "Holy cow, they were right on the money with this stuff." Yes, yes, yeah. Usually, a lot of the movies are, you know, they're, well, they're based on a lot of. Whoever thought that we'd be talking into a watch someday, like Dick Tracy? Remember years <laughs> ago, yeah, yeah. time it was just crazy. Yeah, you know, I'm talking to my two-way radio that watch. That dates and... us, Chris. <laughs> What's that? That dates us. <laughs> yeah, I know it does. It dates me, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah. the stuff that we thought was science fiction before has now become science facts. 
and we're pushed beyond that. Mm-hmm. Remember, mm-hmm. a gentleman by the name of Ben Rich said, we have the ability to take E.T. home. Now, who's Ben Rich? For the people who, who don't know Ben Rich, Ben Rich was the head of Lockheed Martin Skunk Works, the most secret industrial aerospace uh, industry there is. Lockheed Skunk Works has the most advanced aerospace technology that you can imagine. Here's the guy, the head of it, going to a lecture and saying, we have the ability to take E.T. home. And everybody went, huh? We what? Now that's, and he wasn't joking, because I've talked to the people who heard it. Matter of fact, Jan Harson was in the crowd, and he says, I got to grab this guy and talk to him. And so Jan sat him down and actually did an interview. And he said, yes, we have the ability. We have, we've had problems with the equations, but we've worked out the equations. And now we are able to do that. But just think of the stuff that's going on right now. It used to be science fiction of teleportation. It's science mm-hmm. fact now. We've actually taken, I think, uh, electrons or whatever and be able to teleport them from one, one location to another. That's science fact. You know, we looked at yeah. the Star Trek and said, oh, my God, look at this. Right. You know, yeah. And everything. Yeah. Well, they Maybe got the equation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Didn't that where, isn't that where stealth technology came from, was from um, ETs? Well, they're, they're thinking that fiber optics came from it, microchips came from it, uh, mm-hmm. night vision. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Corso. Lieutenant Colonel Corso came out with a book the day after Roswell, where they put out, uh, you know, to private industries to work on this type of technology. And some people say, ah, no, that's not true. Ah, You know, they they wouldn't go to the private technology. They would keep it. But then the Wilson memos came out. And the Wilson memos actually show that private companies have been working on, you know, what they believe was ET uh, technology. And they actually literally shut high people out of the military right out of the project. Uh, Admiral Wilson Wilson was the uh, intelligence officer for the chief of staff. He had the highest clearance there was. He's in charge of these programs. And when he found out there's this operation going on that he had no idea he wanted to be read into it, and they said, no, you can't. And he threw a a fit and went right down there and said, you're going to read me into this program. And they said, no, tough. You're not going to. You're not going to know about it. And when he got back to the Pentagon, apparently he got a phone call by somebody much higher than him saying, knock it off. If you like your career, you better leave this one alone. So you have to believe that whatever we found is being worked on. You you know, if you got a company like To The Stars Academy who says, we got metal that's not from this earth, where did they get it from? They had to take it from a crash. Uh, craft, uh, right? Uh, you know, yeah. Okay, or, there's or a meteor, a, or a, yeah, something that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I I tend to believe, and of course, you know, I I look at it this way: if you got something yeah. from a meteor, you're going to come out and say, yeah, we got this from a meteor, and we're studying this. They're to saying that we got metal that's not from this world, from, and they're alluding to a, a craft, 
And the U.S. Army now has signed a contract to work with us on this. So that tells me there is credibility to all these crashes. Mm-hmm. They didn't get this metal from, you know, out of the clear blue sky. They certainly didn't go up in space and get it. Get it. They got it, and now they're working on it. So the question is, is how much more do they have that we don't know about? It's all about reading between the lines when it comes to disclosure. If they're giving us this much, they got a whole lot more that they they want to they want to put out there, but not just yet. Well, yeah, there's a lot. There's just so much information right now that um, I, I think it probably is a good thing that they do it piecemeal. You know, because if I, they just said everything that's going on, I think it would overwhelm people. I think so. Well, look what happened with the War of the Worlds when Orson Welles came out with, mm-hmm. we're being invaded by Mars and the ships are down here. And, you know, people, I mean, people were going crazy. People couldn't handle that. And so not only that, but there were studies done saying if this was ever to happen, we've got to put it out in small bits for people to observe, absorb. And I think mm-hmm. you're, you're seeing that, but it's so subtle that, you know, back in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, you know, you mentioned UFO and people were going, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, there's things flying around the skies and people really paid attention. Now you yeah. go, oh, yeah, I saw a UFO. Oh, that's nice. Uh, you know, did the bin, Bills win yesterday? You know, mm-hmm. it's just a, Yeah, yeah, it's just gone, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And they've done it because they want to do it subtle. And I think this is the way they're trying to do it. It's called drip disclosure. Mm-hmm. Little piece here, little piece there. But here's, here's an interesting uh, thing. And we were talking about this the other day. Kevin Day and Gary Voorhees, two very famous people who were on the Nimitz. And on their radar systems, they watched these crafts do incredible things. And they were watching these things as they were going up 30,000 feet, dropped to five feet above the water in, in less than a second, in a fraction of a second. They had pilots chasing these things, dogfighting with them and everything else. Now, when this whole thing ended, they were not transferred. They got a, just a regular briefing. They weren't signing papers saying you can't talk about this. They weren't threatened. They weren't transferred. Nothing. You talk to, in the past, you talk to some people who've had these sightings and stuff. For instance, um, a good a friend of mine, Bill Schroeder, who um, was a Hawk weapons missile uh, battery uh, gentleman, he saw an incredible sighting on his radar Well, he was commanding a uh, Hawk uh, missile battery down, down in Florida after he had his sighting and everything on radar and his engagement with it he was immediately transferred he said you're out of here now this is a guy who they spent thousands of dollars to train him on a on a radar system for the most advanced missile system we had it was you know right off the coast right there in Florida or, you know, obviously back those years it was because of Cuba He's been trained to do this, and the next thing he knows, he's walking a dog on the Korean DMZ. Now, how do you go from Hmm. being this highly sophisticated weapon system manager 
to walking a dog on the DMZ. Now, that takes me back to what was going on with Gary Voorhees and Kevin. Nothing happened. It's almost like they said, yeah, go ahead and put this information out. And this is what we were saying. You know, Kevin felt like they almost wanted me to put this information out. They almost wanted me to tell this type of story. And that is completely opposite of what's happened in the past. Now, why? Why all of a sudden a change of heart? Oh, interesting. It's... And that's why I say I think this is part of their plan to disclose mm-hmm. that we're not mm-hmm. alone in this universe and they've been here and they've been here for thousands of years. Remember, you know, Bob Lazar mentioned on the Joe Rogan show that they actually dug a craft up on an archaeological dig. Now, nobody's ever heard that. Oh, before. yeah. Yeah. Well, you know? I'm sure you've heard the show Ancient Aliens. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, and they have a lot of stuff on there. I mean, look at look at ancient Egypt. You know, they've got craft. They were etched in stone, and you know, there, and then they've got people that look like astronauts on there, and yeah, yeah. So it's definitely disclosure. The only part that I'm worried about with disclosure is we're not going in the path of if they're good or if they're bad or what their true agenda is here. By now, mm-hmm. we have to have some kind of idea of what their true agenda is. It's just not out to the public. And I don't want to be, I'm sorry, put it this way, I don't want to be caught, you know, in the blind and not knowing what's going to go going to happen. I want to know. I want somebody to say, hey, you know, here's the deal. Well, I'm sure there's, you know, many different races out there, and maybe some are friendly and some aren't well all of a sudden now we got a secret space program i why do we need a secret secret Mm. space program yeah the u.s air force has been doing everything when it comes to that we have the u.s air force that takes care of our satellites uh has make sure that uh, our our foes don't destroy our satellites or have the weapon platforms to retaliate if we have to. So you got a military branch that's already tuned into this. And now we've got the Space Force. Right. And it's going yeah. to be weaponized. I mean, they're not making a part of NASA. They're making a weaponized force for this. Now, why? Is yeah. it already there that we need to have this? I, these are the questions we have to ask and say, okay, and I don't care if they have a, a space force. Good for them. I think I think it'd be good if they got bad aliens out there. You know, we ought to start doing it. But tell us, there's bad aliens out there. Say, hey, listen, guys, there's people out there that want to put us six feet underground. We need to do something about this. Let's get going before it's it's too late. Well, let's hope that that person that got the information that we're a protective species is correct. <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 it was it was good, but you know, friends always become foes down the road too. You know, they, you never know. They can yeah. Yeah. and that's what I worry about. And mm-hmm. you don't know. You just don't know. And that's that's the incredible thing about this subject is that you want to find out, and it's hard to find out these things. But it's also fascinating to find out 
And you got to say in the back of mind, what if it's true? You know, some of these these ideas are really out there. And, you know, you got to take stuff with a grain of salt. But what if some of this stuff is true? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the question I have is we always make the assumption that they're always more advanced than we are. Is that true? Have you found that through, you know, a lot of uh, your investigative no. work and going to your conferences that they're all more advanced intellectually, uh, technologically? Well, I can tell you this. I don't think they have a good taste in food because with the cattle mutilations, they leave all the steaks behind. They, yeah. They, they take the rotten parts of the what we would throw away as garbage, and that's what they want. So, I mean, uh, as far as being, if they're an advanced civilization, man, they ought to be able to at least recognize what a tenderloin is or, you know, filling me on. I don't know, but that's the only thing that kind of worries me. But, of course, they're, they're advanced. If you can... If you can bend space and time, if you can teleport yourself or transport yourself at incredible speeds and not end up being jello, you're you probably have technology that's not hundreds but thousands of years more advanced than we are. So yeah, uh, absolutely. The but here's the thing: how fast are we catching up? We're doing incredible things now. And maybe mm-hmm. that's because we're we're studying their technology and saying, I mean, we have theories to be able to compress, you know, uh, space and, and almost like slingshot us, slowing down the speed of light where we become so fast that we can go to different solar systems and be able to do that. The equations are being worked on now if they haven't already been solved. I mean, uh, we, we, we have the ability in the brains we just need to evolve and become more and more advanced. And that's going to take time. We have to evolve ourselves and, and be able to work ourselves into a, a good species to be able to, yes. to use yes. that technology the right way. Exactly. Our consciousness has to evolve along with it. Otherwise, we'll end up blowing ourselves up, which we've almost done anyway. <laughs> well, that, I mean, what was it when they, they tested the first the atomic bomb? There were bets saying, well, we're going to light the atmosphere on fire and uh, the whole planet is going to be gone. So never mind about, you know, mm-hmm. who's attacking us. We're going to just destroy everybody with this thing. And the yeah. truth of the matter is we, we don't know really the ins and outs of all this um, energy that we can create. I mean, we've, we've taken the energy of the sun and we're we're still kids with it. I mean, Jim Mars said, you know, that the ETs believe, oh, my God, uh, the kids have found the matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what about CERN and the super collider? I mean, you know, people are going to say they're opening a black hole. And, you know, is that really what it's about with us? You know, okay, if we can manipulate black holes, because I think that's how they travel, you know, um, the ETs. So is that what that's about? Have you heard anything about that? Well, I, I I could tell you that I believe that there's portals. I believe uh-huh. that you know. As, I believe that Portal, Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. Right. I believe that there's portals in certain areas of, of of the world. I mean, why are these activities in certain places that um, have these type of portals? Skinwalker Ranch. There's another one called uh, the Wilson Ranch. Uh, both that Bigelow owned at one time, and. Uh-huh. Um, 
Bradshaw Ranch, Tom Dongo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, so there's areas, there's locations that certain things happen. And the things I look at is say, okay, you bring all these scientists in and what do they got to say? You, you bring in uh, retired Navy SEALs to be security for them. Well, then you hear a story and you want to find out. These Navy SEALs, some of them walked off the job saying, we're not going to stay here anymore. This stuff is, you know, they encountered something on that ranch. And they said, nope, we're out of here. You can mail us our checks. You know, so what would scare Mm -hmm. people like Mm -hmm. that who are trained to fear nothing and say, nope, we're out of here. So these portals that are taking place. I believe they are, and I believe this is, and I agree with you, John. I think they use this as, as a way of transportation. Maybe mm-hmm. not everybody does, but you know there is yeah. something to it. Oh yeah, there's always talk about certain places, and Sedona was a portal, and yeah, Courthouse Butte was a portal, and I'm sure Mingus, when I saw that ship go right into the mountain and disappear, you know, there, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, you. you, you you don't have ships disappearing because, you know, there's a, some kind of visibility. You, you know the difference between You could see the difference between this stuff. So when something just boom, vanishes like that, you have to – you can't rule out a portal. You can't rule out that it's going to a different dimension. This far-fetched as some, some of this stuff is, probably 50 years from now, it may be the real deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or maybe not even 50, as fast as things are moving. I, I believe probably within 100 years, we'll be able to manipulate time. We'll be able to time travel. I think our technology is getting so advanced. We're moving in such light speeds mm-hmm. with our technology to be able to, you know, go from A to B to C to D faster than we can absorb the technology to evolve with the technology to know that it's being used not as a weapon, but as something good for our planet. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. that's what worries me is that we will get this technology and then what are we going to use it for? Where Mm -hmm. is it going to end up in some, you know, military dark project that we don't know what's happening, which, you know, some of that stuff is happening already. You know, people say, well, we've got zero point energy. We have um, energy that we could take right out of the atmosphere and light up every home and everything else. Yeah, Tesla did. Absolutely. But we don't Mm -hmm. see it. No. You know, this is stuff we have to evolve to and say, listen, there's better good for this technology than just making it into weapons. Yes. And, you know, uh, astrologically, uh, I don't know if you know anything about astrology, but Uranus is the planet of technology and forward thinking, and that's in Taurus, which is an earth sign. But that's also um, what it means is we're going to have a lot of advances in technology coming up, um, and there's going to be a lot of money to be made through that, too. So you're going to, in the next you know, it's going to be in there for another seven years. So within the next seven years, you're going to see really huge leaps and bounds. God, I hope so, because my electric bill is going up like there's no tomorrow. I can use, I can use a break. Come on, people. We do 
this. You know, I've had people yeah. on talking about subtle energy and all, and that have worked with and are working with Tesla technology on the show. And yeah, really, it's like, why, why? Uh, I, hope I, so, I won't, because, I won't you know, get into my theory of it, but yeah. Well, I want to hear your theory. Well, I think that the government has just been, you know, squashing it because of big business and they want to make money and the and the whole thing with the fuel oil and and uh, fossil fuel. I mean, um, it's antiquated. Uh, we have to change. Uh, you know, it's going to change the structure of our economic system. You're going to see a lot of changes uh, in the next year. You're going to see a lot of things changing because of the astrology that's coming up. So the structures that we've been, you know, forming society around are all going to start dismantling. They've already have, but even more so in the next about five years or so. So you're going to see a lot of changes, and I think that's one of the structures that was, you know, we've we've structured an economy around this, you know, and we've had wars supposedly about this, and what's going to happen if we change that? So a lot of things have to change, and uh, well, maybe I that will happen. In the next I hope. So. I think things should change for the better. I mean, um, that would be a tremendous. Society, we have to look at our society and say to ourselves. You know, it's 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 good for us to work with this technology and to advance ourselves, but we have to be prepared for it too. Like you say, we have to have plans to say, okay, we're going to come out with free energy, um, but all you people that are working on petroleum now and everything of that, we're not going to leave you out, in, you know, out in the cold where you don't have jobs anymore. You don't. We have to think of those things well before mm-hmm. we put it out. And, and right. but but push forward with it, push forward with different ideas of things. I want to see I want to see us go to Mars. I want to see us to go to the moon. I don't know why that that stuff has has stopped. Um, we 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 need to do that. We can we can do learn so much and gain so much by being able to take our technology and put it to good use. And be able to say to ourselves, hey, we can reach these planets. I think we can do it already. I think it's just locked up in in uh-huh. military programs or, you know, dark projects. that we need yeah, Dark projects or, you know, what does the public, what will the public allow to be financed, too? There's a lot of it. Well, you know, everybody says, wow, there's no such thing as a secret space program. I disagree. Because I know for a fact, and you could see it on television, you can study, NASA had a group of secret astronauts off the books. They started with what they call a a mole project, M-O-L. And they were actually, years and years and years ago, going to make platforms for these secret astronauts to be out in space, to be able to watch our enemies from space. Uh Opposed to U2s and and SR71s and all this, so when people say, "Well, we, you know, that's a crazy idea. We never had," no, that's wrong. And two of those actual secret astronauts, um, because we found out that we can do things automated, and we really didn't need humans. We could do it robotically, and we could do things, you know, through computers. Two of those astronauts were transferred to actual NASA astronauts. And they actually flew missions, and they actually acknowledged they were, we were secret astronauts before. 
So it's not something that's, you know, a theory. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So informative. Wow. I mean, there's just so much information. We could keep going on and on and on. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure your listeners don't want to hear me talk all day. They, they want to hear more from you than they do me. Oh, no, that's why I have guests on, because, you know, I'm not an expert in everything, that's for sure, or very little. I know a lot well, about I, a, little, a little about a lot, let's put it that way. But, well, for the people who want to know more about UFO and UFO disclosures, I really do encourage you, start reading, start listening to some of these people, join MUFON. You know, I'm not trying to make a pitch for MUFON, I, I, in a little way I am, only because they do have a ton of information. You can see actual pictures of, of crafts. You can see videos. You could actually hear the people saying it and going, oh, my God, look at this in the sky. What, what am I filming here kind of deal? They, they're very transparent. They want people to know what's, what's being seen. They, they have, you know, you can go to the website. You don't have to join them to see this stuff. They actually have a civilian kind of website where they can uh, look at the, you know, the different sightings, where they've been, what there is. And I encourage people to take a look at this stuff because, you know, you got to form your opinions and debate this stuff because only then we're going to know the truth. Question this stuff. Don't take my word Mm -hmm. for it. Don't take Mm -hmm. anybody Mm -hmm. else's word for it. Right. Right. So we know. And is it MUFON.com.org? How, how do they find it? MUFON.com. MUFON.com. M-U-F-O-N.com. Right. And, you know, I, I tell everybody, I says, don't just go to MUFON, go to other websites, but question everything you see in here. Question what I, I tell you. Don't take my, my word as gospel because I don't know. Some of this stuff is still theory. So question it, debate it, challenge it. Because I always say on my radio show, I always say, you must challenge it, debate it, because only then can you get to the truth. And, mm-hmm. and that's what we need is truth. Truth. Yes. Exactly. Well, it's been such a pleasure having you on, Chris. Is there anything else you want to share with us today? I don't know. What, 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 do, you, what do you want to cover? What do you want to cover? You tell me. Is there friend. any? Is there any last tidbit of information, or what do you want to leave us with? Any other words of wisdom? Yeah, write to your congressmen and senators. These are your elected officials, and don't, I'm not going to get on some government, uh, you know, soapbox here or anything. But for the UFO project, write to them. Some of them are really interested. You know, they, the Senate had a briefing on UFOs when all this stuff started breaking out. But it's a, it's a confidential, it's a secret briefing. You need to start writing to these people and having them start asking their questions on this subject. Because while we're doing all this other stuff at our great D.C. capital, here's this thing that could be bad, good, we don't know. But somebody better start looking at this stuff because if it is bad, I'm not saying it is, but if it is bad, wouldn't it be good to start knowing about it now and start telling people now, hey, we got a problem and this is what we're going to do about it? Uh, you know, I think I think people are ready to, to, to know the truth. I think people should uh-huh. know the truth. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Very good. 
Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being on the show today. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And wow, maybe we can you have you back. I really huh? appreciate it. All right. Well, next week we will have Maya Starhawk, shaman, seer, and intuitive, returning to tell us all about the changing energies and what's coming up for 2020, a show not to be missed, but you can call in and she will also help you on on air. So join us next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Uh, much love to you and take care, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.